Welcome to episode 91 of the Muck Podcast, an affiliate of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary. <gasps> Hello. Hi. I, I, you know, because of the way we have been recording episodes the last few weeks, I'm trying to balance in my head what day it is, when the people will hear this. This yes. Is, so this comes out when a week from now. We usually do it a few days before. Yes. On this a Sunday, is, but now we're doing it a Wednesday night. And yeah, midweek recording. I'm at your house. Your husband just made me a whiskey sour. Yes. I almost cried when he offered me a drink. <laughs> He's like, "I'm going to make a whiskey sour. Do you want one?" And I looked up. I'm like, "Please be looking in my direction. Please, God." And I was like, yeah. "Oh my God, please!" Because you know what I did mistakenly before coming here. I had therapy. Like that's not a good idea. Oh, no. So I'm like on the way over here, my brain is racing. And I'm like, okay, I got to calm down. I got to get it. So now I've got my whiskey sour, Yay. which is delicious. Yay. And you're drinking. I am having a DiSerono mm. sour orange juice thing Yum. that I like. Yes. It's good. It's sweet. Yes. But it, it doesn't feel like you're drinking. No, yeah. which is nice. So good. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, hey. Hi. Hi. Yeah. That's what, that's what happened the last time we were here. The last two episodes we recorded yes. together. And then the second episode, we started drinking Prosecco. And then halfway through, I'm like, I need more Prosecco. I'm like, yeah. let's pour more. And by the end of it, I was like, I sounded like a bit of a horn dog on that episode. Like, everything was like, is Hillary need to get laid or what the fuck's happening right now? Oh, my that God. That was not fun to listen back to. Oh, my like, God. Oh, I thought it was funny. I thought it, oh, well. it was a, a nice, fun, light episode. Yes. Well, we got some crazy shit going on. I mean, <sighs> so I don't know where we will be in a week. That's always the weird part about yes. recording a, a little early or whatever. But, like, uh, yeah, America well, basically showed its ass this week. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as usual. And we... You know, doing the podcast, we are aware that history repeats itself here over and over yes. and over again. I know some of those pictures were shocking at the border, but they shouldn't be shocking. No. Um, this is what no. our country does. This is who we are. Uh, th this is Same not as the it first ever time. was. And it, yeah, and it yeah. won't be the last time that we are whipping people of color trying to come here for salvation and like a better it's, life. It's insane, really. And when I explain this to my children, my daughter has a civics class and every week she has to turn in a current event. I'm like, oh, what was the current event you did this week? She tells me about a little girl who was kidnapped in Hawaii. I said, oh, let me tell you about what's happening at the Texas border. And she was yeah. like, oh, shit, I should have done this. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And then my son's like, why aren't they letting them in? I don't understand. I'm like, well, the Biden administration. Where's Biden? <laughs> Hello, <laughs> where's Biden? Hi. And, and I saw a post from mm -mm. the great and amazing... Um, Nancy Mateer. Oh, that was amazing. Beautiful. You know, and she's like, we voted for you. We voted for you. And she we just showed she up. Out, she's like, just another disappointment. You know, like, it's, so you it's, didn't cancel it's not right. Debt. It's not right. This. It's not right. You know, and I got to say, you know, it's funny because you were asking where the fuck's Kamala uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm asking again. Now they put her, they put her on this Texas border, where, the Southern border in the beginning of their administration, which was a shit show. Like it right, was a shitty right. job. To give to the first female vice president of this country. And she she said is, something in error. and She just she said a bunch of right. shit that wasn't right. And and I put a clip she, up on my personal um, Instagram listen, stories where she's if like she running. Runs, if she runs for president, mm. I think I'm going to flip out. Like, well, we, we get can't, ready to flip. <laughs> we can't have it. Because she, she's not doing, I mean. It's, it's a I'm disgusting I'm, exci I'm excited that, that she is the first, you know, female woman of color, vice president, but at the same time, like what, like what, we, what is this administration doing? Yeah. You know, they're doing certain things, right? They're, they're trying to like roll out COVID stuff and I get that, but, but look at us in Florida with, with the issue of COVID and an out of control governor Ooh, and hello. no one coming in. Let's talk about this for a oh, second. Oh God. The <laughs> I wrote this down before I came over here today. The new attorney general, the yeah. new surgeon general Sur surgeon of Florida. General. Yeah. Is, I don't, I didn't even bother to write down his name. He literally fucking said in a press conference today, September 22nd, yes. that parents should send their kids with COVID to school without a mask, mm -hmm. that that's okay. It's fine. No one's now, dying. No one's dying. When a statement like, well, meanwhile, the New York right. Times put on an article today that twice as many kids are now dying of COVID than yeah. ever before, like right now. Because this so what virus is mutating. About? And when a statement like that is said by the Surgeon General of the state of Florida, who this guy's had the job for 24 fucking hours or 48 hours, 
Where is the federal government stepping Where? in? Because I got to tell you, this man, this governor is putting us it's at danger. risk. I and mean, put, we putting are, our children are, health at risk. We are and in such danger. Who's coming to help us? This is no one. We cannot Earth. wait for an election. How many people are going to die? And what's going to happen now? What's going to happen at schools? Yeah. I mean, luckily Teachers, we have. Thank God we have. What's the deal? We have a, a Sarah Leonardi in our Broward School Board that is like, nope. We're still requiring masks. Dog never barks. Can we keep this in, please? I'm keeping it in. Okay. Yeah. It's adorable. Even Teddy, even Teddy's upset. We got to put a picture of Teddy Listen. up on the yeah, Teddy's like, goddamn COVID. <laughs> He's like, these, all these people in this house have finally gone back into school yes. and left me alone all day. And now you're going to have them they're gonna be back in this house. But we have this, this governor who is putting everyone at risk and for the school boards and the areas mm. that are not like our Broward County school board, yes. what, what are they doing? I don't know, but I got to tell what you, what are they doing? I, and then, I, and I then on top of it, who's supposed to help us like, on top of somebody, it, isn't there anybody who no. can come and do anything? No. I mean, this is really, this is going against science and like medical, they don't medical believe in advice. It. And you're they putting don't an entire in risk, it. people at risk and you're telling Parents, when their kids actively have COVID, to, to send them to school without masks. But what the fuck are you doing? What are we doing here? But there are parents who, who have said prior to school starting this year that, hey, if my kid has COVID and doesn't have symptoms, like I'm sending them into school. So we already know yeah. that that's probably happening. I thought and they I, were and I have negative tests. And I have to tell, yeah, but if you are asymptomatic mm. and... If the Jesus. kid's sitting in my class, how do I know that he has yeah. COVID or not COVID? He could have it for all I know. And I'm still every day, please, please put your mask up. Ugh. Please cover your nose. Please put your mask up. It's fucking outrageous. You know, and I, it's in their kids. I, so I of course they're just going to be like, they, they don't see the impact of it. Right. Because they're kids and they're at that, like, oh, nothing's going to happen to me mentality. Mm -hmm. And that's just the nature of teenagers and children you know yeah but we're talking about but, i i i can appreciate but, that but but parents but who are parents this, it's fucking crazy it's crazy i just don't understand how we have this person running the state and and, and nobody's i feel like they should say anything. if you're not vaccinated like you can't come to school you know what i mean yeah this isn't fucking right oh dude that's what i'm waiting for um oh and then today yeah Oh, well, <laughs> hold the, on, let me take a sip of my whiskey sour. <laughs> the lovely copy-paste job abortion ban yeah. from Texas. Well, we knew this was coming. So here That's we are. That's been filed in the House. Yeah. It'll be filed in the Senate. And I wanted to say uh, to the people in our audience that if they want to help um, states like Texas, um, you know, that they can donate to organizations that – help support reproductive rights and help women gain access. Like uh, it's fun Texas choice and they will actually help like uh, travel with travel to get women to safe abortions. Okay. Nice. You know, like if that's, you know, if, if you're lucky that you're in a state where you're not facing this crisis, mm -hmm. like, you know, you Do can something. sit, yeah, Give help, a couple bucks. help, help out, yeah. help out. Cause I mean, we're all going to be in dire straits. Like I, I can't imagine Oh now God. we're going to be dealing with this in our state. Forget about it. And then they don't want to teach. They don't want to teach reproductive health. They don't no, want to teach kids about safe like sex. And, you know, they, they don't do anything proactive. Right. It's, it's ridiculous. I can't. It's, it's what's ridiculous. The point? What's the point of, of even getting involved with any of that? What's it going to do? You know what I mean? I, I, I'm at my wit's end. I was watching a TikTok. Oh, God. Of... A woman who was recording, she was working at an abortion clinic, and there were three young girls, and she's like, what are you, even in high school? Shouldn't you be at school today? Because they looked really young, and they're like, no, you're done with school. And <laughs> God has told us, oh. again, that oh. this is a sin. More people who have talked More to God. More people who have talked to God. Where, where is he? Why I is, don't. He doesn't I, talk I, to, I, he doesn't like us. I lay down, and I'm like, hey, God, <laughs> give me a sign that I'm moving in the right direction in my life, because yeah. I feel like I'm going down the drink. Can you help me? And that, Nothing. the cat comes and shits on my head. <laughs> is that a sign? Is that God sending me a sign? That's a sign. So, okay. yeah, and they're just like, you know, it's a sin, it's a sin, it's a sin. And the lady's like, look, great, good for you that this is what you good believe. For you. But I don't believe that. A yeah. lot of people believe in science. They don't believe in God at all. And they are like, nope. Like, it says it, it says right there in the Bible. And she's like, really? Where in the Bible does it say that? Oh, please. It's 
it's wackadoo. I, there's, I was thinking, I saw some videos this weekend I listened to that Sarah Silverman podcast. There's no reasoning with people who believe no. in conspiracies and things like that. Why? And then their stuff gets removed because it's false information. Like, see, this is, a, this is a, they're trying to take the truth out. It's not, <laughs> it's yeah. not real. It's not real. It's not real. But they think it's real. Well, you know what I mean? I can't waste my breath, my patience, no. my life on any of this bullshit. Um, but guess what? Like, they're, they're you know, they're, they're making laws in our states. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This is not like some TikTok, like, living in his mom's basement. These are people at the top yeah. of the heap. Yeah. I mean, what the hell is going on? Oh I don't my know. God. So I wanted Get to tell out. you about, uh, I watched this documentary called Lula Rich on Amazon. Oh, I, so people have been telling me about okay, this. Okay. And I'm in the middle of clickbait. So I know you told me to watch that. Yes. So I'm watching that now. But Lula Rich is so fucking good. You have to watch it because it's so infuriating to watch. They, there was two movements that were happening at this time. Like, I don't know, you know, you and I are in our early 40s. And so we kind of missed that wave of probably women that are a good 10 years younger than us have all managed to stay home and not work. Uh, yeah, this I is don't, a thing. Uh, yeah. It's a real thing. Like, they go to college, they get married, they have children, they don't go back to work. Like, they don't, they, they have an angle to be stay at home moms. They, Wear their Lula, LuLaRoe clothes, oh, their, their, their stretch pants, those patterns. You know what I mean? And so this company went after it. It's a pyramid scheme, basically. Yes. That's why they got in trouble. But, well, allegedly, but that's yes. what they're being uh, sued for. Oh, yeah. They were the, they were selling, like, on Facebook or whatever. Yes. And then, so they, yeah, they yeah, really yeah, yeah. tapped into this market of these stay-at-home mothers who were, like, lacking and, like, I wonder what's the purpose of my life. And then also, oh, like, this comfortable clothing kind of movement yeah. you know where you see all these moms in their yoga gear yeah. and i mean like i like to wear, i like to wear my yoga yeah, but, you, but i know that when i see you wearing it you've got you've worked out yeah like these women are at target like i'm racing through target on my lunch hour yeah. like sweating balls because i had to run in like run out to get a, some kid a birthday present i don't know and there's a mom like ah, like leisurely drinking her starbucks walking yeah around. no judgments no judgments, no judgments. <laughs> a little bit no judgment. But the, that's what this whole thing is you about. You know, and I, so I have good. to tell you, so good. I recently, um, it was something that someone posted that, and, and it kind of ties into this idea of the stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. And it was like, my wife isn't a stay-at-home, I don't support my stay-at-home mom, you know, wife. Uh, she supports me by providing me with free child care with free laundry service with free home cooked meals and i was like this is i'm gonna no, throw up. i'm gonna throw up yeah guess who else does that i'm gonna Working throw moms. up we do the yeah, same fucking we thing all do but we have a full-time fucking yeah. job fuck you yeah like i get it like but but i think the thing that bothered me was like she lets me oh, yeah. explore my <laughs> business like he's like well what haven't men had enough time to explore their it, own business it, ventures? There's a real, <laughs> there's a real like, there was a real time for that where it was a partnership where like the woman stayed home, the mom stayed home, and it was her job, and and that was she was perfectly happy with that. that and guess a, what? People could could live then yeah, on on a true. one that's income. True. And when women had to we be can't, forced into yeah, the workforce, this isn't, it doesn't workforce. exist anymore. Yeah, and so. It's an incredibly stressful thing to be a working parent. I'll say parent, but the burden on it working is mothers so is stressful. heavy. It's stressful. It's heavy. Because sometimes I want to come home and I'm like, mm -hmm. can I just have a bowl of cereal for dinner? You yeah. know what I mean? And sometimes I'm like, oh, breakfast for dinner. Go make some pancakes. Like, I'm yeah. done. I can't do it today. No. And I'm like, I'm like the worst. No, that's not. That <laughs> is you saying, I, I'm calling it, I'm going to throw a white flag in here. I can't. That's what you have to do. But I think this idea of like working moms versus stay-at-home moms is so stupid. But the way that this company kind of angled in and started basically what was like a, what they would call, they were calling a cult. Yeah. Like LuLaRoe clothes and all so shit. What, so but, it was like what the, what was it back in the day, like Avon or something or Tupperware like parties? Like, yes, yes, Kind of yes, yes, like yes. Amway, whatever. Amway, yeah. yes. That was a big part of it. But I wanted to bring it up because first of all, it's fucking great and you, had, you don't have Prime anymore, right? No. Fuck. Uh, anyway. We're anti-Amazon. It's like four Bezos. or five episodes, but the end of the last episode, there's this really like, geeky guy who is working for the company and kind of is part now is part of this documentary talking shit about the company but he ends the episode saying um and with a quote from general 
Warwalk from Deep Space Nine. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> the history will be written by the victors or something. And I was like, that's the fucking episode Tia and I He's just staring at the camera yeah. like, what do you think about that knowledge, <laughs> right? He drops his bomb of a quote. And I'm like, Deep Space Nine, yes, wow. yes. Wow. Oh, my God. I fucking died laughing. Oh, my God. I was dying. I'm like, yes, Deep Space Nine. This is hilarious. The best. So I think that's all I have. I mean, I have other things, but you know what? It is now almost 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night. Oh, and I need to get out of your hair and so you can enjoy enjoy your family. I'm enjoying a break from my family. <laughs> well, I think you're first. Are you first or my first? You're first. Okay, God, hold on. Ooh. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, what a sip of that sour. A lot of whiskey. A lot of whiskey just went down. Okay, I'm covering Judge Jack Tarpley Camp Jr. Ooh, what a name. Yeah, I'm into Junior. judges. Junior. Hello, Junior. Junior. Mm, that reminds me of uh, Junior Mints, the Seinfeld episode when the Junior Mints go flying into, oh. the, <laughs> into the surgery. Okay, sorry. Um, okay. Jack Tarpley Kemp grew up on a working farm in Moreland, Georgia, a few miles from Noonan, Georgia, that had been in his family for more than a century. Hi. Wow. Probably owned slaves. I what? mean, 100%. Hi. Uh, he received now alleged like I don't want don't come at me. Uh, he received a ba- he received a bachelor of arts degree from the Citadel in 1965, a master of arts in history from the University of Virginia in 1967, and a juris doctor degree from the University of Virginia School of Law in 1973. I mean, he is in Virginia, so I don't think that you're speculating too much. Right. <laughs> uh, he won a, found, a Ford Foundation fellowship to study history at the University of Virginia, and he uh, went into the Army, United States Army, from 1960 to 70 and was in the army reserve from 1970 to 1986 and when he joined the army he's joined as a lieutenant because he's oh. in the, you know he earned his ranks yeah uh while he was at the citadel and you know studying there okay so he arrives in south vietnam in oh. 1968 shortly after the tet offensive now wow. I, I highlighted that because i don't know what that is i was going to look up and i <laughs> didn't do it i just didn't tina i didn't look it up so sounds important <laughs> Let me have another sip of that whiskey. <laughs> was it? Do you know what that is? Do you know what it is? It was a very important part of the Vietnam War. Was it? Yes. But we're not going into detail. Okay, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Um, and he was assigned to military intelligence. Okay, okay, so smart. Yeah. He spent the first part of his tour in the interrogation section, mm. and the second part in visual reconnaissance that often involved patrolling the Ho Chi Minh Trail oh. and uh, from the air. So he's in the helicopter, you know, looking for people. According to Camp, he said, quote, it was an exciting tour. I never would have volunteered for Vietnam, but it was the event of my generation, end quote. Woo! That Ooh. sounds like fun. The Let's event of my generation. Did you imagine yeah. someone saying that about Afghanistan right now? Yeah. I mean, and especially about... Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, because the Tet Offensive was like bloody oh. horrible. Really? I wouldn't know. I didn't look it up. <laughs> and... For him to be like, yeah, it was the greatest yeah, thing since sliced bread. Hey, right, right. Well, you know, it doesn't sound like he was well, he, yeah, well, down mean, in it. No, no, right? no, 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 no. He right. wasn't fake. He was up in a helicopter, yeah, mapping things out. That's or a interrogating whole interrogating people. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Okay. Dang. So uh, his legal career, career, he uh, became he became interested in being a lawyer from TV and movies. He said, "I quote: I really do believe more members of my generation went to law school because of To Kill a Mockingbird." Oh, okay. Um, and he said it came out while he was in college, and so he became interested, like Atticus, Atticus Finch. He wants yeah. to be a lawyer, right? Okay. Um, and he, when he came back from Vietnam, he started a private practice in Birmingham, Alabama, from 1973 to 75, and then moved it to Noonan, Georgia, from 75 to 88. So when he was nearing the age of 45, uh, United States District Judge Charles Allen Moe Jr. announced he was taking senior status, which I looked up, and I'm going to tell you, what that is hold on <laughs> so uh senior status is a classification of for federal judges at all levels who are semi-retired right so they hit a certain uh, age around 65 okay. or so and they let the president know because they're federal judges they yeah. alert the president of the united states and say hey i'm gonna semi-retire i'll still have cases but 
you know. Yeah, start I'm, thinking about somebody that's else. That's right. Who are you going to appoint yeah. to be here? So this guy, Mo, Mo does that. And uh, he's like, hey, I've never been a judge. I'm not, but he was never local, like active in local politics, which usually like people yeah. would know who you are. But he's like, meh. I'll just I'll go. Try, I'll, I'll just try do this. this. Out, right? I just I don't know. He's a white guy. Let's do it. <laughs> what else is new? Let me guess what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after he read of Moy's, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Moe's pending retirement, Camp said his law to his law partner that his law partners talked him into applying for the job. And at the time, one of his partners was John Stuckey, then the state chairman of the Republican Party. And he said, quote, he vouched for my party credentials. I had never been active in party politics. Wow. <laughs> That must be nice. <laughs> Georgia's United States Senator Sam Nunn and Weish Fowler, both of whom Camp knew, also vouched for him. And on December 18th, 1987, Camp was nominated by President Reagan to a seat on the United States Circuit, a district court for the Northern District of Georgia, vacated by Mo. Wow. So, like, no experience, but nope. hey, boom, it gets a federal position. Yep. Uh, it's, camp, it's, it's incredible. I know. Camp was confirmed by the U.S. Senate on April 19th, 1988, and received his commission the next day on April 20th, 1988, and he served as chief judge from 2006 to 2008. Um, he, after Camp was nominated, Fowler introduced him to the Senate Judiciary Committee. That fall, after a series of contentious hearings, the Senate rejected Reagan's United States Supreme Court nomination of Robert Bork, then a judge of the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. By that time, Camp had appeared before the Senate Judiciary Committee. It was near the end of Reagan's second term, and the Senate had failed to confirm 35 of his judicial nominations. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible, hmm. right? Yeah, especially considering um, how Trump just put like a hundred I know. I know. <laughs> with no... Quietly. Yeah. With no, no opposition. Uh, but with the support of both of Georgia's Democratic senators and U United States Senator Strom Thurmond of South Carolina, then the ranking Republican on the Judiciary Committee... I'm going to cover him soon, by the Ooh. way. Camp's nomination was approved, and Thurman backed Camp because he was a Citadel graduate. The judge recalled telling the Senate committee, quote, all you need to know about this next man is that he graduated from the finest military institution oh, in this country. Please. And, oh, please. <laughs> oh, my God. Give me a break. That's all you need to know. Deal. God. I could do that. What's the, what's the fucking problem here? So a couple of notable cases before we get into the muck of it all. Um... In 19, the Larry Launcher case, in 1995, Camp issued a temporary stay of execution for convicted killer Larry Launcher two mm -hmm. hours before he was to die. Launcher claimed he wanted to be executed, but contended that he wanted to die by lethal injection, not in the electric chair, to preserve his organs for donation. The stay was later overturned by the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. Wow. Uh, Secretary of State Karen Ka uh, Handel uh, case, Camp had handled several voting rights cases and sat on a three-judge panel with U.S. District Judge William S. Duffy Jr. and 11th U.S. Circuit Judge Stanley F. Birch Jr., the, all these juniors, regarding a request for an injunction against Georgia's Secretary of State Handel. Uh, the case centered on Handel's decision to purge voter lists statewide oh. and her notice to more than 50,000 registered voters that they were potentially ineligible to oh vote. Oh, my God. Potentially ineligible. That yeah. is That is incredible to me. You might not be able to vote. Yeah. Well, how how, how, do, how do you know? Yeah. And then they just purge you just off the Just tell me yes or no. Yeah. Right? The panel decided the voters flagged as potential ineligible could vote in the election but would have to use a challenged ballot. Oh, my God. I know. Just make things so complicated for people. Yeah. Um, so when he turned 65 in October 2008, he notified President George W. Bush that he would be taking senior status on de December 31st, 2008, right? Okay. So he's taking a step back. He's going to do a semi-retired. Yeah. Right? Okay. So let's oh God. get into this. He's on his way out. What can he possibly be doing? <laughs> Just go away. Hijinks, honey. Hijinks. Oh, God. Okay. Hold on. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. On October 1st, 2010, oh. Camp, who was married with two grown children, oh, no. was arrested by the FBI. Why? <laughs> so on October 4th, Camp was arraigned in the United States. And he's States. 60, now 7 yeah. or so. Yeah. Camp was arraigned in the, on October 4th, he was arraigned by um, the Northern District of Georgia on charges of purchasing the drugs, cocaine, marijuana Ooh. hydrocodone hey. and roxycodone what? which he shared with an exotic dancer oh hi with who he was having 
sexual relations Ooh. for the previous several months. Wow. <laughs> so this guy, yes. retirement age, <laughs> yes. is like, let me, let's, let's go in the bathroom. Let me snort a couple lines. <laughs> I love this scenario. Let me, Do it. Yes. you know, the lap dance over the toilet. Like, what are they doing? What's going on? Well, all of that, <laughs> all of it. Although I think the cocaine's probably offer tits, but oh, I don't maybe. Know. Okay, maybe. so he was also charged with firearms possession. What? He what was, is he doing? I don't know. He's crazy. I mean, that'd be a he's coked. He's coked up, up yeah. with a gun and <laughs> and an, 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 an exotic, exotic dancer. All right, whatever. <laughs> so then he was released on fifty thousand dollars bond. Wow. But um, what else? He had coke, he had weed, well, okay, and so a bunch of other drugs. You can't have all that stuff with the, the gun. Like, that's where it becomes a problem. So the stripper, I'm sorry, the exotic dancer, okay. um, who had, pre- had a previous drug conviction, had been working with the FBI <gasps> in exchange for which no charges would be brought against nice. her. Nice. So she's, she's like, I'll, she's like I, will, I will work up this old man. Yes. Let me, and now I'm going to take him down. <laughs> And there's a part of me, there was a great, um, this morning, uh, New York Times opinion piece about how there's going to be a reckoning if we don't come to terms with the fact that average middle-aged dudes are not comfortable with the way the country's progressing. And to my, I, my first re- quote retreat was suck my dick. Right. And my, and I was like, well, I better take that down. And I put up like, you know, fuck off. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Um, we don't owe you anything. No. You don't feel adequate. Get your fucking shit together. So you're saying men our age? Yeah. You know, well, I'm... going to be a reckoning. Oh, here's yeah. the reckoning right here. Yeah. Put my two little fingers Goodbye. up your ass. Fuck but, you. You know what? What is going on? Like, they they grew up in our generation. Mm. What are they holding on to? I don't know. And, and, and why is it... By the way, why does there have to be... Well, and we've already seen this, right? We see this in school shootings. Right. We see this in shootings where men aren't... No one, can date, no one will date them, so they go right. shoot up a fucking... All these women. Or, 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 or they, they're a rapist. You yeah. know, like... I don't understand how that became my fucking fault. Right. That you can't, you know, what? Rise to the occasion. Why the fuck is that my issue? Or anybody else's in this right. country. We all have the same, for the most part... You know, like what is wrong with you? And these are white dudes. So don't act yes. like it's something fucking else. No, I don't know. Yeah. We be- there's going to be a reckoning. Uh, oh, okay. Bring it. Bring it on. We let's, are let's go. Just so, such a broken nation. Yeah. Well, this is, and this, look at this guy, right? So, so he's 67 in a, in a, you know, in a club. Yeah. <laughs> with a bunch of drugs. Like, I, I I don't even know how he has, well, I guess I know he, how he has the energy because he's snorting some coke, but mm-hmm. what is he doing? Like, how can his heart handle I don't know. the coke and then the weed and then the other drugs and then this this beautiful dancer, you know? Yeah. So they filed, so, so according to the complaint by the FBI agent, from spring 2010 through October 1st, 2010, Camp had possessed controlled substances and firearms in violation of Title 21 of the United States Code, Section 844, like all these different codes, and, you know, we got you, bitch. Yeah. So, uh, Camp was charged with four drug-related charges and one count of firearm possession while having illegal drugs. Uh, Judges and attorneys in Georgia, Washington, D.C., and Alabama sought to find someone to oversee the criminal case against Camp to reassign his caseload because now... Oh God! It, he c- it throws everything in a whack. Like, first of all, because well, now all try him, right? But now all the cases he's trying, all those attorneys are like, "Up, oh, up, oh, yeah. he's impaired. Was he high? Was he high? Yeah, we can, can't trust can that judgment." Now? Oh, forget it! It throws everything out of way to go. Yeah. Way to go. I mean, <laughs> so um, Camp agreed to allow the district court to reassign all of his pending civil and criminal cases to another judge and to step down from the bench, in which was quote equal to a leave of absence end quote with Hey. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got to keep, keep that drug habit going. <laughs> yeah, he's so, got to pay for that. He's got to pay for that, up. yeah. The entire Northern District of Georgia bench was recused, and Camp first appeared before visiting U.S. Magistrate Judge from the Middle District of Alabama in Montgomery. So oh. they have to bring somebody in, right, from all the way in Alabama. Another visiting judge, United States District Judge J. Frederick Motts of the District of Maryland, was named temporarily by Chief Justice John Roberts to preside over the over Camp's criminal case. So you've got a Supreme Court judge now has to get involved with your shenanigans. With, I How mean, embarrassing. It's How embarrassing. embarrassing is this? Uh, sorry, Judge. Yeah. 
Oh my God. Just please, please. Oh my God. Take it easy on me, please. Oh my God. It's ridiculous. Joel F. Dubina, Chief Judge of the 11th Circuit, said that after consulting with General Counsel of the Administrative Office of U.S. Courts, he had postponed taking any action regarding misconduct proceedings against Camp until after the criminal charges were resolved. Federal rules give Dubina the authority to appoint a committee of circuit and district judges to investigate judicial misconduct. On November 19, 2010, Camp pleaded guilty to the felony charge of aiding and abetting a felon's possession of controlled substance because she had those drug charges against her mm. and two misdemeanors. One was illegally giving the exotic dancer his government issued laptop what? and <laughs> possession of illegal drugs. So he's like, yeah, does he can surf the web here? Yeah. Use my laptop. Don't go into those files, though. Yeah, they have some Just. information on there. Um, as part of the don't plea, delete anything <laughs> as part of the P, the plea uh, camp retired from the bench and prosecutors well, he was on his way out anyway like that was just a big <laughs> deal yeah um as uh prosecutors requested that camp serve at least 15 days in custody oh please with sentencing initially set for march 4th 2011 on march 11 2011 camp was sentenced to 30 days in prison <gasps> plus a fine and community service 30 days but where do they put him for those 30 yeah probably days. his house right I like mean, i mean come on give me a break yeah or he's like in some you know the separate room yes, in the county jail himself. yeah that's it that's the story my god <laughs> who does he think he is i mean someone who gets away with some shitty i mean shitty things oh i wish i knew the name of the establishment he was <laughs> i wonder is the bada and i wonder what his wife oh please. grandkids oh, i mean please. these guys don't care all, All right. right, what you got? What you Ooh. got? Okay. Oh, I got a story. Remind me that you, what you said reminds me of something, but I can only do it on our special Patreon only. Oh. Yes. Okay. Go. It's not, it's not a big deal, but. Hey, Stevie, you want to hop in the back of my van here? I got some candy for you. I don't know. My parents always told me to stay away from strange Jorge's. That's oddly specific. Uh, well, you know, I got a, I got a bag of dogs and iguanas in the back here if you want to play with them for a while. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little heptophobic. Hey, what the fuck? <sighs> you, uh, you know, I've got, uh, I've got the Odd Pods Media Network on Spreaker now. <gasps> Ooh, so that includes, like, the 500 Section Lounge, Pod Askew, Married with Television, From the Middle, Super Media Brothers, the Infectious Groove Podcast, and BFYTW? <laughs> works every time. Okay, are we ready? Yes. Today, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you the story of former Iowa Senator Kent Sorensen and the Ron Paul campaign payment scandal. Ooh, yes. Ooh. All right, so Tea Party favorite Kent Sorensen ran and won an Iowa House of Representatives seat in 2008, followed by an Iowa Senate win in 2011, but when rumors swirl about alleged illegal payouts, Sorensen finds himself steeped in hot water. That Tea Party guy. All right. All right. So our story takes place in Iowa, the Midwest, corn country. Like that's all I think about when I think about mm-hmm. Iowa. I don't know why, but um, I mean, not for nothing. I would love to just run through a cornfield. Yeah. I need to just like get away. Let me go yeah. run through, you know, Although, years of corn. I have to tell you. It, it would, I have a little bit of a heebie-jeebies because oh, of... Oh, because of Children of the Corn. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Malachi. <laughs> no, oh, God, don't even say my name. Oh, God, it freaks oh me out. I hate that movie. Oh, the it Black Nails. the shit out of me. Yeah, it's oh been God. so long. All right, so after graduating high school in 1990, Sorensen began his career as the owner and operator of a cleaning service company. And in 2008, he runs and wins that house seat. And according to Ballopedia... He won by 163 votes. Hmm. So not that many votes, but he is representing a small area. I believe that the district that he was representing is about 30,000 constituents. So it's not a lot. And the state as a whole only has 3 million people. And I, I often forget because like we're in Broward that has like 2 million people and that there's whole states that have almost our just county population. It's It's like wackadoo to me like i i don't think about it have a bunch of land right i mean it's a bunch of land i guess sounds nice though it does 
All right. So as a house rep, I thought I'd give you a sense of who he is. Okay. And as a tea party guy, there's not going to be many surprises, but he put forward one of those abortion bills back in 2011, where a doctor has to show a woman materials about prenatal care, Ugh. abortion options, and child support, mm. along with a mandatory ultrasound and audio of what they call the heartbeat of a fetus, which we know is, that's right. not what that is. Right. And also showing, um, they were also, doctors were also required to show women um, photos of a fetus at different stages of pregnancy. Oh my God. All of this before they could even perform an abortion. So, and we've talked about this before, like women are going in, they want to make their appointment. They, they are already struggling and now they got to go through all of this other stuff. Like the the for what? psychological fucking uh, yeah. people. I mean, it's not right. So, um, I, I just, I, you know, it's their right to access healthcare. Yeah. So also as Iowa rep, he sat on the government oversight committee and I always find that hilarious and ironic because, you know, uh, here he is ended up in trouble for like an ethical violation and he's sitting on a committee that is supposed to, you know, you know, manage the oversight of things. And as an Iowa state Senator, um, he pretty much did the same thing, maintain those conservative ways, voted on certain things like that. As the 2012 election heated up, Sorensen originally backs Michelle Bachman. So <laughs> he, you know, is this House rep and he works for the Senate. And then we're rolling into 2012 election season and Michelle Bachman, as we all know, is trash. Ugh. And just a little bit of a brief overview, like she deserves her own episode. Yeah. But um, as a Republican, she really started off as a Democrat. Um, Wait, what? yeah, she did like before she would, I think in the middle of her college year, she switches over to wow. the Republican party and she served in the Minnesota Senate from 2001 to 2007. She served in the U S house from Minnesota from 2007 to 2015. She's another one of these tea party favorites, yeah. anti-abortion but and, never... uh, against same sex marriage. She wanted to ban same sex marriage. Yeah. Um, she's for oil, natural, all of that stuff, right? She believed Obama was anti-American, like yeah. all of this crap. And in 2011, she announces that bid for the presidency. But I was going to say that she is one of these people you don't hear from anymore. No. You don't hear from, what's the other guy that was the Speaker of the House? Oh, my Vice God. Paul Ryan. You know what Ugh. I mean? Like they disappear. That face. You know what I mean? So oh, oh but, but guess what? I'm sure they're lobbying somewhere, oh, and I'm yes, sure they're yes, making but money. I mean, as far as like making sitting right. in there and getting votes or whatever, like at least they're they're, they're off gone. The, thank God. And I kind of and I have to say this. I have to say that I don't really see Trump or hear Trump. So like maybe maybe I'm not paying attention to the right news stations. Yeah. I don't know. But like I don't. That's what's going to happen. He will fade away. I he hope. will fade away. I hope so. We just need to not give him any oxygen. You know what I mean? Like don't Ugh. give him any of that room to space that space to like spread it right i hope god i'm so sick of that man when i spread it i mean his big fat ass, <laughs> fat ass. oh my gosh so in 2011 like i said she announces that bid for the presidency and since she does all the things right she checks all the boxes it's no surprise that a guy like Sorensen would support her um presidential candidacy like right. he's like boom i'm all about michelle bachman and he announces that he is in support of her and he does until things change and Sorensen switches gears and endorses Ron Paul instead. Mm. And so why would he do this? Just six days, and this is according to KCCI of Des Moines, um, six days before the 2012 Iowa caucus, he jumped ship. And this is after not just like, oh, I endorse Michelle Bachman, but he was like working her campaign, you know, like, wow, what the and hell? And he's just like, bye. Wow. So why does anyone do anything? Money? Money, yes. baby. <laughs> so an AP article published in The Guardian gave some information. So essentially, there were three aides to Ron Paul, and the aides were Ron Paul's campaign chair, Jesse Benton, campaign manager, John Tate. And deputy campaign manager, Dimitri Kasari. And they gave Sorensen money to leave the Bachman campaign and support the Ron Paul campaign instead. And they hid the payment. And that's the thing. So it's it's the hiding of the money. Mm -hmm. um, because if it was legit, they wouldn't have hidden it 
from the campaign and the FEC and the public, right? Like right. this wouldn't be, they would say, oh, we're paying Sorensen to, you know, stump it across the country and give speeches and do this and do that and make calls or, or record his voice or do things like that. But they didn't do any of that, right? Like they, they're hiding it. Um, but what and is he, it about this guy that they need him on their side? Like, what is it about him? He's so, powerful in some way? Like, So I'm, I'm going to get okay, into that. Okay, 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 okay. So Russ Choma with Mother Jones added some more info about the switch. Choma reported that Sorensen testified against the Ron Paul aides. So the Ron Paul aides, you know, this all ends up coming to light. And there was testimony that came out uh, where he explained that he did support Bachman, right? He announced his support of her late 2011, but just after Christmas, Sorensen testified that the Paul campaign continued to pressure him for support. He asked for money, and the next thing you know, Sorensen's wife gets handed $25,000 in a check at a party. Now, what I found interesting is that on the state level, Sorensen violated ethic rules. But when I was reading through this, they were saying that on a federal level, he didn't really... But to me, it's just not, it doesn't sound legit at all. Like, why ask for, I mean, they're pressuring you and then you go, okay, well, give me money. Yeah, give me money. He's like, I'll do it. Just give me money. And then he's like, bye, Michelle Bachman. And just, yeah. And so, um, Chomo reports that Sorensen testified stating, quote, I remember specifically asking Jesse if they would take care of me. And he said that Jesse Benton's response was, quote, you're bleeding for us. We'll take care of you. Because oh, him shit. jumping ship, like, doesn't look good. Well, where did he get that money? So the article also talked about how they, they got it from the Ron Cam- Paul campaign. campaign. Yeah. Oh, my God. So now the article also talked about how Bachman said that Sor- um, Bachman, like, when she comes out, and she's like, Sorensen sold out for money. Ooh. Like, she says it. She calls <laughs> him out on it. But the get Paul it. aides didn't want that story to go around because, right. of course, that's not going to look good for Ron Paul. And so they spent all this time prepping Sorensen so that he could address those allegations oh from the God. media. Get real. And when the FBI, you know, had raided and got their computers and all of that, one of the emails from Tate, one of the three aides, said, quote, we need to make sure anyone asked about this is prepared to say the same thing. Oh my so gosh. that means like they know yeah. that what they're doing isn't legit, yeah. if right? You prepare everybody. If like, you're preparing your people. <laughs> yeah. And then Mother Jones added some additional drama to Sorensen's switch to Ron Paul. Allegedly, uh, after his wife got that check, when Sorensen decided to jump ship from Bachman, he did so in the middle of a Bachman campaign event. So he just like legit like left her event. And then drove over to a rally for Ron Paul oh and was like, gosh. hey, I just left Bachman and Ron Paul is my guy. Like, it's crazy. Oh, like, he like, left and hopped in a car and went to a rally event. Wow. It's just so funny to me. But so how much money are we talking? $73,000. Oh, man. And it was supposed to be $8,000 a month over the course of several months. And what they did is they hid those payments. Okay. And they hid the payments as invoices for production services from a film company. And the Des Moines Gazette clarified, stating that after it went to the film company, then it moved to another company, which was Sorensen's consulting company. Holy cow! And the uh, the expenditures were labeled as audiovisual. So they're wow. like, that's how they're hiding no, it, right? Yeah, actively going out yes. of their way to do it. And of course they tried to say like, oh, this was all a mistake and we didn't mean to label it that way. Like they tried the, we were paying him legitimately I've for work. I've never even heard of this guy. Why are they giving him so much money? Yeah. Like this isn't even like, who the fuck knows who this is? But maybe so, Iowa, I guess. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Okay. So Rush Cuomo writing for Open Secrets noted that Sorensen didn't just ask for the $8,000 a month for himself. He also allegedly asked for $5,000 a month for one of his allies, and he also requested $100,000 for a pack he was starting. So Does Ron Paul even have this kind of So, money? I mean, <laughs> but the thing is, there's no doubt that the Paul campaign is straight up paying for yeah. this endorsement. Like right. that, I mean, this is what wow. it, it, this is what it is. And it would be, again, like I said, if they were asking Sorensen to like do legitimate work, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But he's basically like, oh, you want you want my name? You want the clout that I have in Iowa? Show me the money, right? Wow. So um, 
Cuomo pointed to another aspect of this and he cited an email and I thought this was really, really interesting. He cites this email from a guy named Aaron Dorr of Iowa Gun Owners who said that not only would Sorensen support and endorse Ron Paul, but he'd also go out and campaign for him and he would provide an email list of folks in favor of homeschooling. So I'm going to read through a little bit of the letter because I thought it was really, really um, interesting that, I, I don't know, I, I, one, I wondered why this guy Soren said, like you said, even matters, like who, why are they paying this guy anything? Yeah. Yeah. But at the time, his hardcore pos- uh, conservative positions appealed to folks not only in his district, but in other parts of Iowa. Okay. So having Iowans hear him support someone could cinch the vote. Mm. But like I said, what is more interesting is the way that they, like, this strategizing machine of Republicans. And when I was reading through, and I won't read through the whole letter, but there were parts of it where I was like, like they they really think about how they can use people. And I thought that was interesting. So it says they refer in the letter, Dorr refers to him as KS. So uh, Kenneth uh, Sorensen. So Mm -hmm. he says, KS agrees to not endorse, support, or help any other candidate in the 2012 cycle. At the same time, KS has to have the ability to mildly disagree in his emphasis with RP, Ron Paul's, social positions on life and marriage, while aggressively praising RP for his willingness to defund Planned Parenthood and the homosexual machines. KS will be able to differ in emphasis from RP on the social issues mentioned. This is the tough part. Most all of Western Iowa region is disgusted with RP's perceived stances on those issues who believe the hype recording to RP's stance on drugs and homosexuality is true. This gives KS the room he needs to both aggressively praise RP and protect himself. Wow. So, you know, and and the email goes through like how they can like, even saying that, like that can't, he can passively agree with this, but then he can go full in on Ron Paul for that and get people to, yeah, depending on the crowd, right. Depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. And say, Oh oh yeah. You know, his thing on this. Oh, I don't like, but man, Planned Parenthood and like hype up all these other things to put Ron Paul back in the good graces of these voters. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's, and it's, it's, I mean, thoughtful. Like they have to think about who are the people we're putting them? Who is this audience? What are their issues? How do, who's the best person that we can get? It's this guy and they, they get him, right? They, they pay for him. It's, I mean, and Ron Paul wasn't a big player even running for that seat. No, but the fact, what are these other campaigns doing? Right. You know, it's crazy. Um, But it's also what's fascinating about it is, Yes, the thoughtfulness that goes into it, but also the manipulation. But this is what an election is. Yes. Yes. Manipulating voters. Yes. Because at the end of every fucking day, the election day, it's who came out, who's actually going to fucking cast the ballot. Yes. And have we swayed them? Have we swayed them? Have we pushed that? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, and manipulating people for their own political gain. It is. That's, that is politics. I just, when I was reading that, I was like, wow, it's like a little blueprint. It's interesting. And then imagine every state. Yeah. Every but large county. Like, and guess what? You and I are not outside of that. We no. persuaded. Oh my God. People based on what they have said yes. to us. Right? Like, no, we're not because outside we of Because we hear the words all. and we're like, oh, yes. oh my God, and that's exactly also, what I want to hear. Yes. yes. I've been persuaded to vote for the wrong people yes. because of that. Yes. You know what I mean? Ugh. They fucked, they played me. You got all right, me. You so, got me. So I want to also mention a, a little tiny side note. So Sorensen ends up in trouble regarding an email list. So remember it said in that, that he would provide, you know, he'll, he'll campaign and he'll do this stuff. And he'll also give this email list of homeschoolers. So I'm not sure if the list he, um, provided to Paul, the Paul campaign is the same email list that he gets in trouble for, but it sounds like it is. Mm. So, and he stole this from a Bachman aide. So essentially, Sorensen oh wanted a list of homeschoolers to tap for funding for Michelle Bachman when he was working the Bachman campaign. And this woman, her name was Barb Heckey. She worked for Bar. Um, she worked for Bachman, but she also sat on the board of Christian Homeschooling, this organization, a Christian homeschooling organization. Yeah. And she had this email list, and she was like, "I can't give you 
this list, right? She sits on this list. She's like, I know I sit on the board, but I can't just hand this list over because that's a separate organization and it's privacy. And she alleged that Sorensen asked her for the list and she said no. Then he stole the list. Oh my God. And uh, allegedly like admitted that he's like, I just took the list kind of thing. And, um, Again, I'm not sure if it's that same list, but I feel like he has that list of potential people. Like he probably would say, oh, I have this email list. I can hand that over to you too, right? Wow. He already took it from Bachman. I can't imagine there's some other random homeschooling list. So I feel like it's the same one. But the Des Moines um, WHO 13 reported that Bachman ended up negotiating a settlement with this woman um, because that woman who sat on the board, she and her husband ended up being removed from the board because of the scandal because she was blamed and they thought that she gave up that list willingly and she's like, it was stolen from me. So they ended up negotiating out of court uh, in a settlement. Good. So, um, that's not right. Yeah. I, but it shows this another level of shadiness from Sorensen, right? That he's a real piece, you know, someone that, you know, will just take whatever he wants. And we know that, and, and, you know, even from the work that we do, like you can't just give, curated email list willy-nilly you can't like you're not allowed to do that and of course we know that campaigns want these lists because it's like a curated oh homeschoolers we know what issues affect them and we can target them in a particular way and if you have run a successful campaign like i'm not going to mention who we know uh, who ran a successful campaign but they coveted that list they built that list. They, yes. They nurtured that list and made it their own. And then when another organization asked them for it, they're like, I don't fucking think no, so. No, I don't think so. No. You did nothing like, to help me build this, no. this community. Like, you're not getting it. And people because, didn't sign up for your thing. They signed yeah. up for this thing. Yeah. Sorry. And I get a ton of emails right now from, like, a bunch of different organizations, Democratic organizations. Oh and I'm God. like, who in either the Florida Dems or National Dems have sold my fucking email? Right. Well, and I think though Stop that asking ha- for money. You're not taking, I'm not giving any money to Biden or anybody else. F oh you. my God. No. So one thing that I found interesting through all of this is that, um, the guardian noted that Ron Paul was called to testify about Ooh, all of this yeah. stuff. And he claimed that he knew nothing about it. Oh, of course. There was no physical evidence like emails or anything to suggest that he did know anything, but it still stinks to me. I don't know. How do you not know? He's paying $73,000 and he doesn't know. I mean. Give me a break. And it's your, like, all your top dudes? Come on, man. So the charges. uh, Rogers reported that Sorensen pled guilty to a violation of federal election law and obstruction of justice, uh, account for lying under oath during a deposition by a special prosecutor assigned to investigate the matter for the Iowa Senate Ethics Committee. And um, as far as sentencing, in 2017, Grant Rogers of the Des Moines Register reported that Sorensen was sentenced to 15 months in prison. Wow! So the U.S. District Judge uh, Robert Pratt said that Sorensen's actions were, quote, the definition of political corruption. And in a blog after sentencing, Sorensen had this to say, quote, I truly believe the sentence I received was unjust. And I also want to point out that he... Like so many before him, and I've mentioned this on this podcast many a time, refer to this as what? Take a guess. Um, um, hold on. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I know what you're going to say. Uh, someone was coming after him. Yes. It's a uh, political. Yes. Uh, like <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Tina. Witch hunt. Yes. Witch hunt. <laughs> Which is insulting to witches everywhere. Yeah, fuck you. I'm in a coven. Okay. We have a coven. I Join was. Yeah, I mean, how dare they? <laughs> because those were women yeah. being persecuted. You cannot say it's a witch hunt when it considers you. Yeah. But Nobody wants you in their coven. No one wants Sorenson. you around. Yeah. So the prosecutors, uh, what I thought was interesting too, is they essentially recommended a paroled sentence, but the judge, even though the prosecutor was like, hey, we prosecuted him, let him off. The no, judge was like, in. no, Good. no, Good he, 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 he wants to prove a point and he Good. gave him a jail sentence and yes. like the, the family like turned to the media and they're like, see what you've done, oh. you know, and they, they blame yeah. the press the and everyone else. Full of cash. Give me a break. On, she man. took that check at the party. Yeah. Come on. I take it and run. Listen, <laughs> where, Someone, yeah, why doesn't anyone me. ever give us money? <laughs> Walk up to me. Come give on. Me, give me a check for 25,000. Please. Do you want me to support? Please. Oh, yeah, let's DeSantis go. DeSantis is great. It's just, <laughs> I'm so good to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hiccuping from my drink. All right. 
So Grant Rogers of the Des Moines Register reported that in May 2013, those three aides were also convicted in their role of allegedly paying Sorensen that $73,000 okay. to endorse Ron Paul in the 2012 presidential How election. Embarrassing. So, <laughs> so embarrassing. I mean, Rogers further explained that as part of their defense, they tried to say that Sorensen did do actual work, um, but, you know, it, did, it, didn't, it didn't work for them. So the Ron Paul... Wait, wait, wait. What's more embarrassing? This or that your son is Rand Paul? Like, which well, one of those that, things is more embarrassing? I mean, I think that's the funny part because Ron Paul did say that, like, when this whole thing was coming up, it was just because they wanted to not only harm his, yeah. you know, presidential one, but but his son in the future. Yeah, with that, with the weirdest hair. Oh, the hair seen. and his face. Uh, I don't know. It's like curly in the weirdest places. I think he gets a perm. Because <laughs> <laughs> he gets one of those old lady perms. Like, remember those oh, little yes. tiny, <laughs> and, they, and they dip it in the gel and yes. then they put it in your <laughs> That's what he's getting. That's what he's getting. That's our that's our next t shirt. Please someone help us make Ran merch. Tall and curler. Yeah. <laughs> At the salon. Oh my god. That. I would too. All right. So um the yes. Ron Paul aides uh, for Benton and Tate, they were found guilty of conspiracy found guilty of causing uh, false records, found guilty of causing false campaign expenditure reporting, and guilty of false statements, mm. uh, of a false statement scheme. And Kasari was found guilty of three of those same charges, um, conspiracy, causing false records, and false statements scheme. And so I do want to note that what was interesting with their case is they were acquitted at an earlier trial, mm-hmm. um, and then... They were allowed to be retried again, maybe on a federal, you know, in a different sort of uh, court system, but they were retried. The assistant attorney general, Leslie Caldwell, had this to say about the verdicts, uh, quote, concealing and falsely reporting campaign expenditures undermine the integrity and transparency of the federal election process. Mm. When political operatives secretly buy an elected official's political support, it undermines public confidence in our entire political system. Yes. Come on. Great quote. So some aftermath, Nick Coltrane reported for the Des Moines Register that in December 2020, two of their three aides, Tate and Benton, earned a pardon from Donald Trump what the f- in December 2020. Oh my God! <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I Can mean, you, how was that list of people? Oh my God, I was looking at it. I was looking at it the other day and I, it just incredible. was, I was just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And then I, he, he, oh, who did he uh, pardon? Kwame? Uh, no, Susan B. Anthony. He pardoned Susan B. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> yes, I looked at it. What? I don't know how accurate this is, but on the list of the people, one of the people on there is Susan B. Anthony. We will verify this in a moment at the end of the show, but I'm telling you. <laughs> what did she do? Susan B. Anthony. I mean. She- <laughs> 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 Crazy? What am I thinking? <laughs> With the voting, the voting, Susan B. Anthony, the white, the white women voting, am I thinking about the wrong person? Who's Susan B. Anthony? Did you get that wrong? No. (laughs) Who is it? Who is that? You are, oh my God, I can't Wait a minute, I gotta look this up. Who's Susan B. Anthony? (laughs) What am I thinking? Podcast. SOS, SOS. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on, Tina. I've got. Hold on. I got. That's why I was shocked when I saw that he, um, after. Women's rights activist. Yes. Wait, wait a minute. Yes. Who Look did it up. she get in trouble wait, for? Here. Pause. We're going to pause and we're going to come back and do I this be, right. I might have had too much whiskey, I think. <laughs> hold on. Maybe I'm completely wrong and we have to cut that whole thing. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. So the, she did have a case against her. But this was because... Yeah, a Susan B. Anthony Museum rejects President Trump's pardon. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. He par- she was arrested. Yeah. Uh, for, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're cutting all of that, but we'll add some of it. You, you, know, you, know, you know what to keep, you know what to cut. I think it's funny. Um, but yeah, so he, he pardons her um, against her will. Okay, oh, she's yeah. dead. She said no thank you. But it's against her will. All right. Wow. All right, wow. people. <laughs> okay. So going back to 
Um, I wonder who even suggested Susan B. Anthony. I don't know. Like, that's why when I saw it, I was like, why is she on this list? Like, what in the holy hell is happening? That is the weirdest thing I've the ever weirdest, heard. The weirdest, weirdest thing. Yeah. So uh, Sorensen resigned, and he doesn't head back into politics, and he now works as a director of operations for a cleaning business. Oh. But a side note, when he resigns, Anybody he doesn't yeah, he doesn't do so because he's guilty. He does it because he says he can't afford the legal fees. So here's a quote from his resignation letter. Oh, God. The decision to resign my office will release me from incurring further legal fees, allow me to start providing for my family once more, and bring to an unsatisfactory end this travesty of justice. Oh, my God. My God, this Get guy. off your high horse, dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm crying in the corner okay so some points of interest ron paul's granddaughter according to the associated press was married to one of the criminal aides the campaign chair jesse benton Ooh. so that's why i'm like ron paul you Aww. knew what was going on come on mm, i mean it depends i guess i don't know no, he definitely knew but yeah. i don't know he knew from the son-in-law sometimes you got to take on the son-in-law the grand the grandson-in-law because they're yeah. dopey you know what i mean yeah like, uh, let the dope come work for the campaign yeah well well he works for a bunch of other people now oh, um and and they're all garbage uh Sorensen asked for an appeal in 2018 to have his sentence lowered but it was denied and this is after and i thought this was funny because you know he um the original prosecutors were like you know just give this guy like time served right, or right. like you know pardon whatever <laughs> um and then the judge is like, no, 15 months. And at the time, his lawyer was like, oh, don't worry about Sorensen's going to take it like a man. Mm. But I guess he wasn't man enough because very shortly after, he asked for an appeal that <laughs> oh got denied, God. right? Like, <laughs> he's going to take it like a man. So, so oh, toxic. I'm going to take this sentence. Yeah. Like, give me a break. A toxic male, white um, fragility. One thing that I found interesting is um, Sorensen was also in the news uh, prior sort of in the middle of all this for wanting to bring back the death penalty to Iowa. So the death penalty had been gone for 40 years in the state mm. and he wanted to be the person to bring it back, but he wanted to bring it back only for those who have kidnapped and murdered children. So I'm like, well, <laughs> like I get it, but like, it's like, he's, ah, uh, he this also dumped. There's got to be something else to There's do. There's something else to do. So and he also of killing people. He also wanted to require mandatory chemical castration for those who have committed sex crimes on children 12 and under. Good grief. So you know, and I see. He's I get obsessed that. Obsessed with this. Uh, he's obsessed with it, and I get. And I get it. But they have done studies that like chemical castration, like that. A lot of times with the rape, it's not for the sexual gratification of it, right? It's power. It's all of these other oh things. My God. So it doesn't deter them from still attacking children. You oh know what I mean? God, but he, it's like, he just wants to like, you know, or we're going to protect the children and like, you know, everything, I, everything is just dr dramatic yeah. with this guy. Um, in 2015 in July, Sorensen's wife, Shawnee, was found walking along the roadside at 11.30 at night. She explained that she and her husband had a fight and that he didn't hit her, but the officers noticed that her left eye was slightly bruised and it was starting to swell. And according to uh, the, the uh, Des Moines Register, she eventually admits that he did hit her and that she had to climb out of the window to escape him. And that's why she was like out on the road. Good and grief. later on... She said that the charges against her husband were unfounded, that they shouldn't have gone into her home, and, you know, this, that, and the other. Oh, so, God bless. You know, and that was um, after all of this. Like, mm. he was in the news for that, and he w also was in the news because he was facing foreclosure on his home, and, and this was also in 2015, and because a credit card company was trying to petition him to make payments on an $11,000 balance. So, wow. kind of, you know, out of politics, he's you know, a CEO or something of a business now. Um, but that's the story of former Iowa House Senator Kent Sorensen. Very good, Tina. Ooh, mm -mm. this guy. This guy. Uh, every state's got a fucking... Oh, wait till you see him. Oh, no. <laughs> Ugh. Well, doing this story, the judge story, uh, when I was reading all these cases he worked on, I read one of these cases and I said, oh, well, there's my next muck story. So like, took that one because it's going to be, it's incredible. I, <gasps> I started reading it. I was like, this is, I cannot believe that this happened. It's like a recent, it's 
unbelievable. Ooh, I can't wait. Unbelievable. God, what a good podcast we have. <gasps> oh my God. What, I you, mean, wait, I'm sorry. Have you heard of the Muck podcast? I mean, guys, can you really just like tell, tell someone about the Muck? Wait, what is that? What's the Muck? I don't, I, I don't mean, know what you're talking about. It's <laughs> amazing. And we're part of the Odd Pods Media Network. Oh, oh hi. Hi, Odd Pods. Hi, Odd Pods. Oh. And I love all of our affiliate pods oh my god i'm having so much fun listening to them and getting to know all these podcasts amazing 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 it's exciting it is exciting but my faves will always be the kardashians oh i know i love them i love that show they're the best tina's son's dancing i think that means it's the end of the podcast all right Oh, and it's very good moves. You should take yeah. those to the middle school dance. <laughs> It'd be very popular. Oh my god, <laughs> middle school dance! Oh, remember how fun those are? I've been telling I was my never allowed to go. No, I got them strict Italian parents. I don't know what you. What, what. Oh yeah, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't there. We had what were called the Collins dances. They were at the Collins Center in Oakland Park. Oh, and everybody was wearing um, MC Hammer pants. <gasps> And trying to oh, do, like, and, the uh, Z, Z Cavaricci. Z Cavaricci. <laughs> <laughs> and girls' bangs look like a giant rainbow on top of their oh forehead. Oh, my God. Those were some good times. That is a good time. Hello. Hello. Dang. I know. Dang. Let's do it. No. Collins dances. <gasps> Let's bring it back. Yeah. Let's bring that shit Same back. music, same clothes. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. So I'm leaving in two days to go to Detroit. I'm so excited. I, I'm so, so excited for this you. This is coming out after I go. Yes. So I'll have to catch you up on what happens when I uh, what I see and what I do when I'm up there. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Because I might see the Cardassian guys, <gasps> by the way. Nick sent me, or Nick was like, you're going to be in Detroit? And then Rob was like, Nick said you're going to be in Detroit? And I was like, yes. And they're like, wouldn't that be fun? And I'm like, yeah, <gasps> it would be fun. Oh, but my God. I don't God. know if that's going to happen. We'll see. You never know. Never know. I would love to meet our podcast brothers. Oh, my God. Now, see, now I want to be put in a suitcase and go with you. (gasps) But get a separate room because I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you the one thing I'm looking forward to more than anything is sleeping. Oh, my God. Like just resting. That's, that sounds amazing. But I have to get through work. You know how you're right before you go take some time off? It's like everything just piles up. Yeah. That's how work's been the last few days. The next two days is going to be like that. It's going to be crazy. I Plus just we have meetings. Oh my and, god! And I have to turn our report into you for our board. Like I am, I've had it. I've had it. Yeah. I can't wait for Saturday morning so I can get the fuck out. Yeah. Get out. I've had the same. Like last weekend, I had three days: Friday, Saturday, Sunday, ten to seven each day on a Zoom. Oh my god! And then you know, back at work Monday, so I'm I feel fried. Like I'm yes. exhausted. Yeah. I, I I just my eyes. I'm like I'm done. Like I'm yeah. done. I just. When is it summer? Please, I say this every time. It's summer here. We're almost there. Hang in there. We'll be at Christmas before you know it. (gasps) Okay. P.S. We're getting to 100, and I think we need to start talking about that. Oh, yes. If we should do something. Partay. All right. Let's think about it. Okay. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. 